Mother or oh hello. Oh hello. Oh my gosh, I think I figured use this app because it's been giving me some trouble. Hello, how do you feel for a seal? I feel good, good for a seal. How do you, you feel for feel a seal? Good. I feel for a seal. I feel a little tired for a seal to be honest, but we're thriving. We're excited to talk about whales. 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 Have you ever seen a whale? I've never seen a whale. I hope I get to see a whale. Absolutely. Those are the ones that are the fish that are in the water, correct? Uh, yeah, and then they they breathe, and but they don't. They, but they breathe, but they don't. Cool. Okay, we're just sciencing. <laughs> we're just out here with these evidence-based science facts. Our favorite. Our favorite. What's up, fam? Thanks for for tuning in. It's been like, um, realistically, like a week and a half when we said we were going to take a week break, but you know. <laughs> Life is just happening, and we appreciate the patience. And I personally didn't want to take a break because I struggle with perfectionism sometimes. But thankfully, Ellie stepped in and was like, girl, chill. It's not that serious. This is a podcast that we do for free. Um, but speaking of which, if you guys do want to support us, we are on Patreon. So that could just yes. you know, give us some, some money to go, like, actually talk to people in person, which is what we would love to do, and just other different things. But, yeah, so hello. Hope you guys are all doing very well. Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, fluke, yeah. Um yeah, so um, we didn't have an episode. So we don't have anything to debrief on. Ellie, do you have anything you want to just, like, start this episode out with? Anything you learned? Anything I learned? Yeah, I don't know. What's new? Well, uh, Ellie is going to be a naturalist in the San Juans again this yeah. summer. So that's really exciting. We're super proud of her. It was, like, she got into, like, a, a pretty competitive, like, whale-watching um, company. So, which she obviously deserves because she's amazing and wonderful, and she's just gonna go out there and krill it. So, yay, Ellie! Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna be moving from Orcas to San Juan Island, and that's gonna be a time. It's gonna that's be a time. Yeah. We're all time. moving. It's gonna then, be. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Yes, amazing. So yay, Ellie. Thank, thank um. You. Just in case people are wondering, Peach is also thriving. Nobody um, was wondering that. <laughs> everyone wants to know. Um, but Peach is thriving, guys. Actually, she's doing, like, mediocre, which is, like, kind of honestly the best that we can expect from her. Finally, are starting to, like, play down the line. That's true. Um, she, yeah, so we've definitely already gotten complaints about barking from the neighbors. What's up? Hello. I was going to bake them some, like, cookies and bring them and be like, hey, if my dog's acting crazy, um, just send me a text or whatever. But, yeah, so whatever. But she's fine. She definitely sat on my bed and ate a piece of my clothing in front of me yesterday. Oh <laughs> like, she's so eye contact. Who the hell does she think she is? Uh, that's what I that's what I ask every time that she does it. I'm like, who do you think you are? But like she will blatantly break the rules in front of me, which I find so disrespectful. Like I'm like, if you're gonna break the rules, at least do it behind my back. Like, let me come home to find the chewed up clothes. Don't chew them in front of my face. The audacity. The audacity. She's crazy. <sighs> Today, let's see. In in real news, not peach news. 
Um, uh, Center for Whale Research had their second encounter of the year with the Southern Residence. Sweet. Yes, I think it was yesterday. Uh, L1 so it'll be January 27th and, yes. of 2020. Yes. L124 looks amazing. Whistle, who's the new baby in L-Pod. However, oh. one of the more prolific uh, fathers in the Southern Resident uh, community, uh, L41 Mega has gone missing. Uh-oh. And uh, he was actually, like, it's about, he was about at his, like, age, like, his prime age, like, where he should be, like, not alive anymore. But, um, yeah, so he hasn't been seen. He hasn't really been seen since last year. Um, I think August is what I read. Okay. So L41 Mega is gone. And so that, if he is, in fact, dead, brings our... Southern resident population down to 72 animals. And he was actually pretty cool. After day one ruffles, he was the most prolific uh, dude in terms of reproduction in the entire population. He fathered like almost half the whales. Within the and last, that's where like, like the potential incest could come from. Well, you know, 72 animals. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, oh, so, yeah. So for those of you who are listening, if you care at all, uh, activism is, is a great way to get your energy out, whether it's writing a letter to your representatives or going to the March for the Dams, which is happening in March. Um, my mom's going to be doing that for a couple of days. Uh, I think it's like 21 days from Portland, Oregon to the actual dams in eastern Washington. Oh, my gosh. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, or, or you know, just post on Facebook and have conversations with people about Southern residents. So. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a conversation is definitely a place to start. But, like, you know, you saying that he's been missing since August now. Um, well, the L-12s know. haven't been seen since last August. Okay. And that's the match line that that's right. Um, well, I mean, I think it just puts the pressure on that we need to like get get going on this now. And like, you know, obviously I'm here for a conversation. That's what this entire podcast is. But like, you need to back that up with action. Like, mm-hmm. it starts with a conversation, but like, show up to the dams or like call your senators, call your politicians, vote if you're in the state of Washington. If you don't live anywhere near Washington. Um, just do things to promote water quality. Get out there and volunteer. There are options. Like, there are things that you can do. Um, and every little bit counts. I really – there's, like, this attitude out there a little bit sometimes of, oh, well, doing, like, this little bit or that little bit doesn't count. No, everything counts, like, in the long term, in the long run, do it. Like, even if it takes – like, if it takes you 30 seconds of your day or, like, you know, whatever. It doesn't cost you much. Just do it. Um Whatever it is, because we clearly do not have time if there are potentially now 72 Southern residents. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. Ken Balcom, I think, was the man who said that, and he's the he's the scientist who heads up the Center of Whale Research. He said that he's going to stop stop counting after 70. So we're getting pretty close to that. So, right. Um, yeah. Y'all, we don't have time. Whales are dying. I don't know what kind of priorities y'all have. I mean, obviously, people need to, like, survive and pay rent and, like, live. But, like, beyond that, 
you know, let's let's reprioritize and reassess like what's actually important because exactly. other lives are important and we need to we need to figure out how we're going to protect them and how we're going to like learn from this huge mistake that we've made. Um so yeah, let's get let's get to it friends. Come on, mm-hmm. friends. We got to go friends. make a splash. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Anywho, Anywho. Um, we did have one question. Um, I for, I should probably find his Instagram handle. Um, somebody sent us a question on Instagram. Thanks. This is like the first official question that like wasn't my brother asking me stupid questions and or a friend or texting dad. me or my dad about frogs. <laughs> or, or some foreign person asking us how we're doing. Exactly. Um, but we exactly. But OK, to you know, we're good. We're still good. We're chilling. Um, yes. But the question was, what motivates you? So do you want to start, Ellie? Do you want to answer yeah, first? Yeah, I can cool, answer cool. that. So what motivates me? Um, honestly, it's my future that motivates me. And it's it's and I know it, it seems kind of like maybe a little egotistical, um, but honestly, like, I I think a lot about legacy. And I think a lot about you know, what impact I'm going to leave and how I'm going to be remembered. And, you know, at the end of the day, I want people to remember me for having done something important or having done something for the betterment of everybody. And I want to leave a legacy. I want my kids to remember me as somebody who went out there and did everything she could, did the best she could. And that's really ultimately, I think, what motivates me is I just, I don't think I can look at even even looking at myself in the mirror at the end of the day, if I didn't do everything I possibly could have to have done things well, to have made a positive and effective impact on people, that's something that really that that's something that really motivates me. Solid. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I definitely I feel similarly. Um I've like always been motivated by animals personally. Um, like I don't really care to get into the details here, but, um, statistically speaking, like I shouldn't be where I am in this field and in life. And, um, like I should be at a much lower, lower spot than I am. Um, and I, the reason that I was able to overcome a lot of the things that I had to overcome is because I always loved animals. Um, I was motivated to connect to animals and connect to people and, um, you know, I started out like volunteering at a zoo in high school and just like kept building on that and taking on every experience. Um, but I'm very motivated to learn, which is a lot of why this podcast got started because I was like, all right, like what is really going on with these Southern residents? Like, you know, I wanted to, to hold this under a microscope and really look into it from all perspectives because, you know, often people, you know, we have all these wonderful experts, um, who we rely on but you know I feel like sometimes they can get into their niche and we need that we so need that but I want yeah. to get a big picture um I'm very much motivated by perspective um that is what has led me to study abroad five times because I was you know I was fortunate enough to get scholarships and not you know I totally recognize that that's a huge privilege um but I'm motivated by perspective and like you said um leaving the world better than we found it I think that we need more compassion and understanding in this world. And we need to have like a cultural healing a cultural shift um, and in our priorities and maybe kind of backtrack to our roots of, of living in communities and um, being close to the earth, having a close relationship with the planet and 
So I'm very motivated by that. I'm motivated to learn. I'm motivated to understand people. Um, I used to be motivated by like achievements and things. And then I kind of realized that that was more for selfish reasons. And now I've, I'm coming at it from a different perspective, but yeah, leaving a legacy of like making, knowing that, yeah, I've done everything that I can personally to make this planet a better place. And like having that in every aspect of my life, like from the way that I talk to people who I meet on the street to like, you know, the relationships that I have with people close to me, um, to the relationships that I'm building in this field, just finding ways to be more compassionate, understanding, and, like, actually get, like, work done, you know, solid work that's, like, I mean, I guess I don't want to call my work necessarily altruistic because I love whales. Like, I want to see the whales survive because I love them, um, and that's probably not purely altruistic, but you know, coming from a place where I am not the priority. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't remember who said it, but there's this quote that says, the you know, I don't remember exactly how the quote goes, but basically it's, it's a roundabout way of saying, you know, you plant a seed to grow a tree that you're never going to see the shade of. You're never going to sit near the shade of that. Like you're, 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 getting the ball rolling on something that's going to benefit future generations. Um, And unfortunately the generations before us didn't have that kind of attitude. And that's why we're seeing the repercussions that we are today. Um, Just because generations of of the past have been so hell bent on consumerism and, and, and just wastefulness and, and not, not having convenience. Exactly. Convenience. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think, I think a lot of people of our generation can really empathize with, with this, this idea because we've seen the, the repercussions of those convenient and consumerism-based um, attitudes. Yes, I agree. And I think that our generation is starting to develop maybe a better sense of empathy than other generations, which is why this, like, consumerism attitude is kind of starting to go away I think you know more people in our generation are motivated to make it a more fair world for others but also like are like you know seeing the pain um that other people go through or other animals go through like when they're being oppressed in some sort of way and so I Mm -hmm. think you know obviously we still have a lot of work to do there are a lot of things that are part of this generation that I you know am not happy to be affiliated with but there are also a lot of really good things um and I think you know, hopefully future generations only get better. Um, It's all up to us, though. It's all like a matter of choice, you know, at the end of the day. Um, And if, you know, we just keep choosing what I have found recently, that oftentimes the harder thing is usually the better or more ethical choice. We just keep making those harder choices in the long term, it'll be worth it. Absolutely. And those choices ultimately, I think, will become easier as well. I mean, I think that's along the lines of compassion and empathy. It's a muscle that you have to you have to exercise and, and those harder choices do become easier as you continue to choose them. Yeah, I agree. And I think culturally we can strengthen that muscle as well. Like not just on the, I mean, obviously focus on on the individual level, but like, you know, if we're all individually focusing on it, then the collective gets stronger as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, just like, I know it sounds kind of hippy dippy, but just go out there and like spread love and do your best and eat some plants and love some whales. Like that's all you can do at the end of the day, really. For sure. And plants fight and really hard. Plants and trees fight really hard for, for what you believe in, for what's good. 
yeah. you know. So, yeah. Um, I think we were going to talk about a scientific article. However, I have been super busy and did not have time to go find it and refresh my memory. So let's talk about gray whales instead, yeah? Gray whales are you so love gray whales. They are. So okay, so... I started my new job, right, and my coworker Chase was telling me that he um, thinks that gray, that gray whales are some of his favorites, and I was like, you know, when he first said that, I was like, yeah, okay, and we've, like, spent pretty much, like, every day with gray whales since I've gotten here, and I see why he loves them so much. Like, they are really cool, and, like, they're actually quite interesting. They don't do a whole lot while they're traveling, um, but these guys are migratory whales. Um, some people call them dumb because, you know, they travel, like, the longest out of all of the whales, five to 7,000 miles for, like, a total of, like, six months out of the year and then often get eaten by killer whales along the way. So, like, they travel super long to just get eaten. Um, but once they're going down to Baja, um, California to mate – or no, Baja, California, Mexico to mate and have um, babies, but – you know, um, it's interesting because they were called devilfish because of how protective they are over their young. However, when they go down there, they're super friendly with the boats. Like, they mm-hmm. seek the boats out, which is wild. And for me, as somebody who has studied um, different conservation practices and kind of had this mindset of, like, oh, like, let things be, let things do what's natural, to see that a natural behavior is to seek us out, you know, I think that that's yeah. very interesting, too. Yeah. And it makes me question, you know, we have all of these regulations in place. However, I keep seeing that cetaceans also seem to have that that common interest in us as well. Um, And I think that that's something that we need to recognize. And oftentimes in science, you know, we we don't want to anthropomorphize animals. However, it does appear as though they have that same curiosity. And so for us to go away from them, I feel like that, in a sense, is unnatural. But anyways... Talk so a little bit about gray whales. What do you want to share about gray whales? Yeah, I my grandmother actually went down to Baja and had a couple times actually went down during their breeding season and she's she's petted baby gray whales. Oh my god. Oh she, my god. She like told me this and was like near tears because it was just this super duper spiritual. Oh, of course. Experience. Of course. Um and actually I think my mom was talking about doing that for my 30th birthday, which is in a year and a half. Okay, so uh, I'm coming. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm inviting myself. I'm oh. invited. Well, there you go. Cool. Um, uh, gray whales are what we call benthic feeders. So most baleen whales, um, at least the ones that occur in the Salish Sea, are pelagic feeders. So they chase schooling fish in the middle of the water column, uh, usually herring or candlefish or uh, other kinds of little 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 guys, uh, bait fish. Uh, but gray whales are benthic feeders, which means they swim down to the bottom in like shallow areas, the bottom of the water. And their, their baleen is a lot rougher than a lot of other, um, baleen whales. Uh, so they can sift through sand and eat things like amphipods and copepods and small shrimp and things like that that live in the silt. And there's actually a beach on Whidbey Island over here where when the tide goes out super low and the gray whales are up here, um, they'll leave like these huge trenches in the sand and you can see where they've been feeding when the tide goes out. It's pretty wild. Fantastic. Yeah. It's so I don't know the proper wording for this, um, but the way that Chase says it is that the whales are either right or left handed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they're predominant to one side or the other. And you can tell which side because it's smooth of particles. So when they're doing this sort of feeding style that Ellie's talking about, they'll continue to go down on one side. Um, and there is evidence to suggest that this does ultimately end in blindness in one eye of the whales at one really? point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can see there's a difference in like um, in the shading, there's like going to be scarring on one side of their face and like a lack of barnacles because that's the side that they predominantly go down on and um, are eating the food off of the, the seafloor. So. And that's why when you, when you see them, when you, if you ever go whale watching or even land-based whale watching, um, if you see them, because they're stirring up the silt and all that sort of stuff, they will have a lot more barnacles and sea lice than other baleen whales do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those guys are pretty cool. I just think it's fascinating that, like, they're – they just seem to be more dynamic than people give them credit for, at least behaviorally. Um and I'm just curious, you know, maybe they're just on a mission and they're so hyper-focused on not being eaten by orcas on the migration down that, like, that's not why they're social. And then once they get there, maybe they're just, like, super excited. Um, yeah. But it's just interesting to me that, like, there are so many different species of animals, but it seems as though repeatedly, like, cetaceans and elephants and things like that, those are the, the two species that seem to co-seek each other out, in a sense. Um like, it, it seems to be, like, a mutual curiosity. Obviously, that depends on the individual because, like, not all people are interested in whales, um, unfortunately. Not uh, all whales are interested in people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> also unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I wonder, do you think that they have, like, their own form of, like, biologists, like a human biologist? And they're like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be a human biologist. Whale <laughs> anthropologist. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So you you never know. You never listen, know. Listen, Steve the other day went up and he like spy hopped for everybody and was like watching the humans and they were doing this weird fucking thing on these big steel like things out on the water and they were watching us. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he needs to write it down or something. Yeah, for real. Oh my God. Okay, so I thought like you said Steve and we were oh. talking about like Steve, Steve, like the human that we know. And I was Dude. like, what? We saw Steve. We saw mm-hmm. Steve at the uh, Dam to Extinction screening. Oh, my God. <laughs> he still lives on the island? He's still here. What? <laughs> what, is he do- what is he doing? I have no idea. <laughs> Was he living, wearing shoes? Living his Steve life, yeah. Living his Steve life? Living his Steve life. Wow. Did you say hi? or? No, I did not. Well, yeah, I guess <gasps> I did. After Dylan said hi. Okay. Spice. I think, I think I also saw him at the grocery store the other day, but then I turned oh. and ran. I turned and oh. ran. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I miss the island market, girl. I am literally so homesick. It's not even funny. Like other people have talked to me about how it's hard to move and I'm just like, I shrug it off. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, obviously like not to be like rude to people. I'm like, oh yeah, like that must be tough. But in my own head, I'm like, <laughs> moving is not hard. What the heck? Because I've moved so many times. Like, but this time I'm like, I miss it. <laughs> You know, got my heels digging in the sand, fighting oh, my, right. like, like, tr- yeah, so it's a time, but, mm-hmm. 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 yeah, yeah, well, that's lovely, um, but we love gray whales, um, we love them, they, we actually are seeing, starting to see that they are calving a little bit more in Southern California, as opposed to getting right down to Mexico, where they are typically oh. calving, and it's theorized that part of that is because that the 
Um, sea ice has kind of melted, making their migration a little bit further. And so, therefore, oh. they're having to have the babies sooner. Oh. Um, so, that's like nice. a situation. Um, and, but, yeah, because like, um, I had heard that they were having more babies than they usually do, which I was like, oh, good. And then I was like, someone was like, well, actually, not necessarily because it could be due to this or that or whatever. Um, but I have a friend that does, um, like, she works on the strandings and whatnot down here, and she was telling me that um, last year was the biggest, or, like, the largest amount of gray whale um, Yeah, like it was an stranding. unusual yeah. yeah, and it's predicted that it's going to be even more this year, so we'll have to see yeah. what happens there. Um, yeah, the, but, word, the phrase used for it was unusual mortality event. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot. I was talking to Brooke McKinley, who is a photographer up here um, last summer, and she was theorizing that that was because they've just been doing so well after the whole whaling period in our human history that they just kind of reached their carrying capacity and their population. But mm-hmm. I, I'm theorizing that it's got more to do with uh, ocean acidification really negatively affecting a lot of the food that they prey on because, yeah. um, I mean, climate change creates ocean acidification. With ocean acidification, things like amphipods and small crustaceans who need the calcium in the water um, to make their shells, the calcium then kind of reacts with the CO2 in the water, um, and then they can't use it to make their shells, so then they die. So I right. think it's just that there's not enough food for them right now with right. climate change. I think that definitely could be part of it. And then also based on that, there's probably a certain level of toxicity and like, you know, even a level of microplastics that are impacting them as well. I don't know oh, how yeah. well studied these animals are just because I'm not necessarily always paying attention to gray whales. Um, so who knows, honestly, um, you know, there's so much to learn about these animals. So someone should go out there and do some more gray whale research for us because mm-hmm. we need to know and they're so they're actually so cool i think that they've wormed their way into like my top like three whales honestly really uh probably top four whales probably top four whales what are your top four okay obviously the orca um belugas um humpbacks grays narwhals that's gonna be my top five for you top five okay very cool Subject to change based on what kind of whales I meet, because I still haven't met a narwhal, but, like, it's still up there. I think I'd be so, so stoked to see narwhals. I, can we go see narwhals? Can we plan a trip? Yeah. Guys, you should um should go support our Patreon to support Ellie and I going to the narwhals for educational <laughs> purposes. Scientific evidence-based narwhaling. <laughs> That's an episode name right there, right? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. God. All right. Uh, Graham on the gram. Get it, Graham. So Marla Smith Photography, that's her handle, Marla Smith. She is, I think she's out of Vashon. Uh, down in the Puget Sound, but J-Pod and a little bit of K-Pod and a little bit of L-Pod, they were all down in southern Puget Sound, and she was getting killer pictures of them. Um, it's that time of year where, like, the chum runs are just popping, and so they go they go down deep into into the southern part of the Salish Sea, and 
they uh, I think they were actually down by where my parents live, um, down in Gig Harbor, Tacoma. So, but she was taking wicked pictures of them. She got one of Flex J16 that was especially good. Nice. So, yes. Amazing. Amazing. It's crusty. 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 Yes, crusty crusty. Crusty croissant. Crusty croissant. Bitch is a crusty croissant. And she has a new friend named Copper. He's French. He's a French Copper? boy. Oh Copper. He, he lives with us. He's French. Um, and she is his crusty croissant. Oh my goodness! It sounds very serious. <laughs> if um, it's medium serious, Peach is still married, and she only hunts large female dogs, so it's complicated. What? <laughs> you guys can all tune out now. You all just like if there's a way to block See, us on all podcast here, platforms, I, I understand. Large stuffed animals. No, she likes those too, but like. The only, like, live dog that I've ever seen her hump is, like, a large female dog. Like, she's into butch women, but she's married to Wilson, so she can't say anything. It's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) She does. She does have a complicated life. She's a complicated gal, and, like, you know, she's just trying to, she's just trying to live. These people are probably so confused. I will give a little back preface to I went to Eggert College where people do, like, it's in Florida, and, like, Floridians told us that we were weird, so that should just give you some context. But we had dog weddings, and we had dog um, graduation, et cetera. I mean, pet graduation, because we're inclusive. It's not just about the dogs. Like, obviously, cats and fish went there, too. Um, so, and ducks, and a variety of reptiles. <laughs> like, so. alligators. Um, actually, yes, we did have a campus alligator, but I'm not sure that he ever officially graduated. So. His name was Stumpy because he was missing like a limb. So I can't even deal with him. I miss gators. I'm starting to like really realize like how crazy people from Florida are because like I just like try to interact with others and I'm like, oh, <laughs> y'all don't do this shit. Like, <laughs> no, you don't Jeepers. smash TVs while playing karaoke. <laughs>